0: Good morning, Liberty. I don't know how to do this.
1: (laughs) Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty of Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. I'm Nate Thurston. Across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Charles Chuck Thompson? I know it's nighttime, but it feels like morning. It feels like that's how alive and rejuvenated... I feel, I feel like
0: I just woke up ready to, you know, take on the day like from a
1: long, you took, and like, I have all this hope. You took like a six hour nap.
0: I have all this hope that you have in the morning before mm-hmm. the day gets at you. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's what I feel like right now at night.
1: So uh, Nate and Charlie, once again, if, you, if it's your first time listening to us, thank you for checking this out, for hanging out with us. We're hanging out with our live group who's on the discord right now, the private discord join gml.com. They're in the fed haters club. All right. They're not honorary members. They're each paying at least six bucks a month, sometimes more, depending on how much they care about liberty and the future of humanity. And so we judge Mm. that by how much they choose to pay uh, every month. So anyway, if it's your first time listening, uh, go find us on your podcast app, our normal podcast, which is called Good Morning Liberty. And Liberty at Night, along with all of the other great Free Talk Live shows, can be found on, uh, on your podcast app under Free Talk Live. Not Stitcher can, anymore, I don't think. Not I Stitcher. Think, I think they got nope. rid of that. If that's your favorite. There's a bug flying around. A bug flying around here. Okay. Anyway, um, it's Tuesday. We're going to talk about Tuesday things. Uh, but first, yesterday was Milton Friedman's birthday. And before the show, we listened to one of his greatest videos, which was a segment called I Pencil," And that that's a really great one. I wanted to play one selfishly. What is my favorite clip from Milton Friedman? And it's not the one that you think it's going to be. It's not even the one from Phil Donahue, which of course is an amazing clip. All right. That's, I would say, one of the ones he's most known for. What I want to play is my favorite one that I think applies to the situation we're in today as we see all these things that government officials are doing that we hate And we keep thinking that we are going to elect the perfect person who's going to be in office for a single term or maybe two terms. And then everything's going to be great after that, as long as we keep the right people in power. And Milton, like 50 years ago, was doing this speech and explained to people how that that doesn't need to be your goal. It's really a... I
0: thought it was anyone
1: but Trump. Anyone but Trump would be fine?
0: I thought, well, I thought that's what everybody was saying.
1: Oh, okay. And that would solve all of our problems. That yes, essentially anyone except for Donald Trump. That's right. Okay, that's well, what they said. There are some people. Who th- oh, is that what Milton Friedman said back no, then? No, no.
0: Okay, I'm I saying that's you. what they said in the in the last election. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. we'll see about that. I don't know. Have you seen the well, numbers like, on the economy? It was the best, greatest economy we've ever seen in the history of America.
0: I mean, I don't know why we didn't implement Bidenomics before.
1: I know we should have read the book. Milton Friedman Basic never, never Bidenomics. heard of Bidenomics. Bidenomics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But in all seriousness, we'll play this is like a 30 second clip of Milton Friedman talking about uh, how it's not about getting the right people, whether it's, he's not talking about these people, but Trump or DeSantis or Biden or Ramaswamy or whoever it is, or libertarians in, into office. All right. What matters is that politicians, they react to the incentives that we place in front of them. And what they care about most is keeping their job. They want to win reelection. And these people are basically hollow shells of human beings that go in there and say yay yeah, or nay. That's that's essentially what they do.
0: Well, they've passed off most of their job to all these agencies yeah. they
1: created. And what do we do about the agencies? Well, maybe we get the perfect person in power that's going to remove those agencies too. Uh, or we make it known that this is what the people want. The people who don't do this don't get elected. It's actually all up to us. It's up to the society and the American people to create that. It could be the same people. It could be Trump or it could be it could be Biden. Biden could do the things that you want as long as it's what the people want him to do because he wants to keep his job as, for as long as humanly possible, all right? Which for him, I think...
0: Until death. Couple,
1: do yeah, until <laughs> death to his part with Biden. That's good. Anyway, let's listen to Milton's 34-second clip.
0: I'm surprised his son's escapades haven't killed him.
1: <laughs> I mean, the amount of stress that that would cause. Well, that's the good, the benefit of having dementia. You know, you don't really know it's, what's going on. I'm sure someone who was all there, it would kill like, it It's like kill Ted
0: Lasso, it. be a goldfish.
1: Yeah, he forgets about it immediately. Be
0: a goldfish. Eight-second memory.
1: All right, here's Milton talking about this. 34 seconds, Milton, go.
2: We must not kid ourselves into thinking that we're going to remedy it by the easy way of electing the right people to office. That will not work. Once they get into office, they're going to be subject to the same pressures and the same Drives as the people we might regard as the wrong people. In fact, I have often said that the right solution is not to elect the right people to office, but to make it politically profitable for the wrong people to do the right thing.
1: Mm. That's my favorite. Mm. Oh, we got that little uh TikTok boom there at the end. Make it politically profitable Mm -hmm.
0: for the wrong people to do the right thing.
1: And I have I have paraphrased and misquoted that so many times on this show, but... Say, I, say it
0: five times, and now you'll never do it again.
1: Wrong people, right thing. Mm-hmm. Because we're not going to get the perfect people in office ever. And in fact, even if we do get the perfect people, they're going to mess it up too, because they're human beings, and they're subject to the same pressures. And if the people want something else, and if they're going to lose their job immediately, or they're going to get impeached because the people who impeach them are going to keep their jobs if they impeach them... It's it's not going to matter.
0: And if the right people think that they're so benevolent, right, that they're going to get in and, and do the right thing. Now, they may be able to do some things, but that's so egotistical, you know, to not look at what the incentive structures are. You know, I would say I think even Trump tried to do some of the right things and then still succumb to some of the pressure.
1: And what do we know about Trump? Do you think Trump is a very principled conservative? He just lives out of his principled conservative values, you know, or did he change a little bit so he could win election as a Republican and become the president? And he said some of the right things that people would like, and they would go vote for him. And it's a great, it's a great example. I would say you saw a big change in Donald Trump from (coughs) the time that he was the Donald Trump that we all knew before he was uh, a politician uh, from the time that he was the president. He just wanted to get elected. And I want everyone to keep that in mind as we go through some of the following stories, because we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. And it can seem like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to get rid of this guy. We got to get someone in there who's going to just hit the delete button on things like this. And, And that's fine, too. But what's most important is that we change and that the people around us change and that we have sort of a a moral awakening uh, in our society.
0: We create a system, which is what the free market is, essentially, that forces wrong people to do the right thing.
1: It does. If they want to stay in business, they do. They have to do the right thing, which is provide value. Mm -hmm. You
0: got to do the right thing. So create the incentive structure for the right thing to happen. And it doesn't matter who gets in power. We've talked about this so many times on the podcast. It's not about the people. Mm-mm. It's about
1: the system. So with without uh, any further talking on this subject, I want to get to the first story that I, I think is ridiculous. And it has to do with John Kerry, And he's out there talking about climate change. He's our climate czar or whatever. He's the U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate.
0: So this is the Al Gore. It's a big task,
1: you know, speaking on behalf of the climate and the president at the same time.
0: Is this the Al like, Gore of, of millennials?
1: Yeah, although Al Gore, I would find him riveting compared to John <laughs> Kerry talking about things. Yeah. But you mentioned that people got to eat. Well, wouldn't you know it, John Kerry was out there talking about one of the, one of the big things that we got to tackle here climate emissions and what he's speaking on here agriculture mm. because that's where a lot of our emissions come from and so we got to start poo. we got to could be cow poo uh it, it could be even the way that we grow our food could be some of the food that we're growing well we got to have these governments around the world coming together including in the united states tackling this farmer crisis Because, well, I'll let him tell it. It's his lie, I'll let him tell it. He looks dead, I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, I think he did die a few years ago, actually. Wow. Yeah, you're right about that. Look at his eyes. There's something (sighs) wearing his body, but I'm not sure what's going on. Here we go.
2: Agriculture contributes about 33% of all the emissions of the world, uh, depending a little bit on how you count it, but it's anywhere from 26 to 33. And we can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center as part of the solution. But with a growing population on the planet, we just crossed the threshold of 8 billion fellow citizens around the world, we just crossed that in this last year. Emissions from the food system alone are projected to cause another half a degree of warming by mid-century on the current course that we are today, a two degree future could result in an additional 600 million people not getting enough to eat.
1: All right. I want to explain explain this to you. We have to tackle agriculture because there's too many emissions to stop climate change because if we don't stop climate change, we won't have enough food. So we need to tackle the people that are food. Yes. Yes. So We need to
0: get rid of the food so we have enough food.
1: If we don't prevent the rapid production of enough food for billions of people, then people won't have enough food.
2: Mm. That Mm. makes total sense. All right. And you just can't continue to both warm the planet while also expecting to feed it. Doesn't work. So we have to reduce emissions from the food system to keep the 1.5 degrees alive. Why do we have to keep 1.5 degrees alive? Because scientists, as a basis of physics and mathematics, not ideology and politics or party labels or anything else. As a matter of physics and mathematics and some biology and chemistry have told us these are the consequences. And we already see it happening. And almost everything they've predicted for 30 plus years now is coming true. But the problem is <laughs> it's coming through faster and bigger than was in fact predicted.
1: You just, What? You just say it. <laughs> what almost everything. what have they predicted has come true name one thing can someone actually try and name one thing for us right now what's one thing am i am i ignorant to this yes apparently we all are
0: what's one prediction they made that has come true
1: oh my god are the Hamptons <sighs> underwater and of is new york am i missing something you know with another very popular prediction was that we wouldn't be able to grow enough food to support this many people on the planet. That was when there was like four
0: or 5 billion. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then even in the seventies with the, uh, the population bomb, whose book was that? I keep wanting to say Paul Ehrlich is his name. Um, I can't remember if that was him or not, but this Malthusian idea that there's, that there's too many people. well on really the planet. had a bunch of, Yeah
0: bunch of garbage predictions.
1: There's there's too many people on the planet and so we have to do something to hold the population down because we're not going to be able to support this many people. And he says we already see it. Are we producing less food now than we did last year? No. And he says that it's going to it's going to get warmer and so we're not going to be able to produce food. In fact, getting
0: We have had the hottest years on record.
1: <laughs> yes. That is that is true.
0: There's more hurricanes than there have been since like the
1: 1930s or something like that it's just and when you do this so i I guess those are
0: those are the prediction
1: (laughs) what bothers me is when you do this you leave out and now he brings up science why why do we know this because scientists have said and not because of ideology or politics this is just pure science charlie Mm. as we know scientists are never captured by political ideologies or political parties or governments when the governments are the ones put forward the money to pay specific scientists to do specific studies about things, um, we know this because of scientists. But they ignore science on food production. Which, let's say, it gets a little bit warmer, they got crops now. I mean, they change the freaking makeup of these seeds. The buy, and I know people, some people don't like that, but you get a little bit warmer climate. Well, buy this this bag of seed. It's you know what it says: a little bit of warmer climate seed is what it says. You just buy that. Is it drier over here? We'll buy the little bit of drier, warmer climate seeds. And you know what it, else is
0: crazy? That in North America, there's now more forests in North America than there ever have been. I know. Largely <laughs> due to the climate getting a little bit warmer. That's, yeah. like Things just move up a little bit.
1: What's so interesting when I was thinking about that this morning, actually, because I was listening to, um, I think I was listening to apocalypse never on the way here. I was actually listening to that a couple of days ago. Yeah. And um, it, it really is weird how earth could figure out a way to work all this out because as it gets a little bit warmer, it makes it t- to where things can grow a little bit more. Uh, actually carbon, this car, you know, this bad stuff destroying us. Well, that's plant food. Oh yeah. And so you actually can get more plants. At that time. Plant air. Those are also carbon scrubbers from the atmosphere. You know, when
0: a plant is in the ICU and they're on the ventilator. (laughs) Yes. It's not oxygen they're Mm -hmm. pumping in to those leaves. No, Mm -hmm. that's carbon. No. But they got them hooked up. Straight
1: carbon. Carbon dioxide. Right into their veins. (laughs) Just carbon line. Right in there. That's right. Oh, man. I'm telling you what. There's a lot of people calling for Biden to, to officially declare a climate crisis. And use executive order, a climate emergency, which is something that conspiracy theorists have been saying for years. Those crazy, crazy kooks have been out there saying for years uh, that they were going to use emergency declarations to control energy and food production and all of that, just like they use things during covid and we're getting really close to that. And as you keep force feeding this narrative that we're in the hottest year for Earth on record, uh, going dating back to 1978 when they started officially putting back putting together the numbers for Earth, uh, you know, then then people are going to buy it eventually. We switched over this year. A big thing that I noticed that we've talked about is we switched over to using the Heat Index numbers a lot. Have you heard? And people, not the actual I have never seen so many articles about the heat index. What before. it feels like. What it feels like. <laughs> which is because that's it's a much it, higher number.
0: Well, also, the, what it feels like is the most important <laughs> feeling. What you feel.
1: Temperatures don't care about your feelings. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem.
0: What it feels like <laughs> is what matters the most. You know. And the I would, if you feel hotter than it actually is outside, then that's the real temperature. <laughs>
1: Whatever it is. The thing is, so it's actually not that far off from what you're saying. I looked into how they calculate the heat index. It's, it's a very subjective, random calculation. It's mainly is it a
0: survey they send out. No.
1: <laughs> 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 what do you feel like it is today? Um, I had a field like about no, 129 <laughs> out there, Mike. My- it's temperature and humidity mainly, but it's also calculated based on people's body mass index, the surface area of your body and how much you're sweating out and what your body feels like the temperature is. And they use like an average aggregate human body to decide what this index number is. It's a very subjective calculation <laughs> that might not even align it's with the majority of the population. Science though. And this we're going to talk, uh, you know, we have other climate stuff that's going to be in the, uh, the show tonight because this is Liberty at night right now. Uh, but I think they're going to end up doing some of this climate emergency BS and people need to be on the lookout. You need to read some of these good books like Apocalypse Never and False Alarm. And so you can be on your toes while they're trying to force feed you all of this information. When they're telling you, oh, we have so many people dying from heat, you know, that this many people are going to die from heat. You got to remember way more people die from cold. And so it's not that climate change or hotter temperatures are a net benefit for Earth, but when it comes to temperature-related deaths, they are in that benefit because way more people die from the cold than die from the heat. So shut that one down immediately, which means you don't care about people dying from heat. You know, well, that's how it is.
0: So we're against death. I, yeah. I don't like people dying from anything. You know, climate change, heat, cold, viruses, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But you bring up a good point that as the earth, as the earth gets warmer, as the earth gets warmer, mm-hmm. That's how I I said it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then uh, less people are going to die from cold, which is a good thing. I'm also, I'm just so tired of this garbage. Like, why can't we just talk about the truth? You know, there's all of these, like, they put these spins, and it's all for power. Of course it is. It's all to grab power. And he's trying to say it's not partisan, or it's not this, or it's not tied to ideology. It absolutely is, because... Also tied to money. And money. And Mm -hmm. when you skew the numbers like this, um, it's you have an agenda Mm -hmm. behind it. Like, let's just transparently talk about the truth. You know, Nate and I, for a long time, have said that that humans probably do have some effect. A little bit of effect. And that's simply just because we're taking carbon out of the ground and we're releasing it into the air. Now, does that mean that humans are going to cause this global catastrophe? Absolutely not. Because the science doesn't, put it there
1: it, it doesn't
0: like even if let's say humans were to actually raise the temperature like four or five
1: degrees centigrade, fahrenheit centigrade centigrade ooh. yeah that's a lot
0: that still wouldn't cause a global catastrophe
1: it might in some places but in some a, places would get better yes because of that there are always trade-offs and there's also things that we can do to adapt that are far better and one of the problems you said you know of course it's ideology and of course, we can't just have rational conversations about this. That's why I love some of these books. You know, uh, Michael Schellenberger, Apocalypse Never. Michael Schellenberger believes that human beings are causing uh, some climate change. And you read this book and it just takes apart all of these disastrous climate change narratives because no one is doing anything that could actually solve the problem. That's what's so important. You know, we read that uh, that tweet Later, we'll be reading this tweet uh, about the the girl who wants to ban golf courses and private jets and do weight limits or you know weight based fees for cars. It's a registration. great tweet. Yeah, really, really good tweet. Can't can't wait to show it to you here she's, in a bit.
0: She's solving climate change.
1: Yeah, the thing is, none of the plans that people are putting forward are going to do anything. And so, not only do we argue about whether or not human beings are causing climate change, not only do we argue. Uh, about these little things like golf courses or planes or whatever, where we talk about funding and whether or not we should have the right to set our thermostats wherever we want or buy the water heater that we want. We're not even talking about the fact that we can't even agree on that. Then you got to talk about the fact that the things people are proposing aren't even projected to do anything about it. Like if they do it perfect, if all the governments around the world were perfect, virtuous angels who enacted every policy. And remember what that entails. Not only do you have to say sign a law. Biden signs a law. Okay. Not only does he have to sign a law, then the next president that comes into office has to not touch the law. And then the next one has to not touch the law. And then for the next forty or fifty years, they have to not change anything about what those laws are. They have to enforce And it.
0: all the other governments around the world have to do the same thing for the next 50, 60, 80 years.
1: It never changed. It only worked. It wouldn't work anyway, but it would only work if you had a one world government that, were, that was ruling every single thing and making decisions for everyone at the same time. Well, that's, now you're a kook. That's the only way that it would feasibly work if it were even a real thing that could solve the problem in the first place.
0: Now you're just a kook, which, man.
1: Which it's not, but I'm saying that's what you'd have to do. Mm. And so we... That's why I think it's good to to let your guard down and say, okay, sure, human beings. We listen. There's a balance of nature. Without human beings here, or let's let's just say we hadn't developed technology or whatever. There's a balance of carbon, and we die, and it goes into the ground, and then some of it, you know, could get burned or whatever, it goes back in the atmosphere. Trees grow. All this stuff. Earth kind of naturally works like this. Okay, I know. Um, Earth kind of naturally works like this. So we could say. Sure, in the past hundred years, have we upset that natural balance that Earth had for a long time compared to what it was for the four and a half billion years previously? Sure, I'm sure we threw off the rate at which things were going into the atmosphere. But if we're going to change that, we'd have to even talk about things that would work. And we're not even doing that. We're not even talking about freaking nuclear energy, which is the thing that would stop almost all the energy around the world from polluting the atmosphere and the people who pretend to care about it Happen to be against nuclear energy, the thing that would take away the most amount of carbon from the atmosphere. Because it's not about that. And the technology now is available where they could actually burn the waste. Yeah, they can use nuclear. And people will say, whoa, it creates too much waste. Watch the freaking documentaries. It uses the waste to make the energy. All right, I'm pounding the table talking about this. All right. Because it's time to wake up. Coming up, we're going to talk about Cori Bush and the Housing Bill of Rights. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, it can be tough to know which direction to take in life. For example, you might think doing this podcast was an easy move, but it wasn't. It takes a willingness to work crazy hours, read people's differing opinions, and make, well, what you might expect a mid-level libertarian podcast to make. But what gets me through is knowing I'm being true to myself and my values. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy has made a huge difference in my life and co-host Charlie has used BetterHelp for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash GML. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. Charlie, how you doing?
0: I'm, you know, even better than ever. Better than yeah. ever? Yeah, I'm just, I'm well, that's pretty up, good.
1: You know, I like that. I'm
0: feeling warm. Okay. From this climate change talk we just <laughs> of had. Yes,
1: you are. Okay, let's talk about some housing. Policy. There's an ACLU article uh, from Reason, and then Cori Bush is out there talking about a housing bill of rights as well. Uh, This article is in the show notes, Charlie, if you want to go through uh, some of this one from Reason. All right. For everyone
0: from Reason, a taxpayer funded fair housing nonprofit in Illinois, with the help of the ACLU, is demanding a federal crackdown on landlords who don't rent to tenants. With eviction records. <laughs> hey, Guys, hey, do you have a history of uh, not paying your rent and stuff? Uh, yeah. Uh, do you have a history of destroying property? Uh, yeah, I do. Have you ever been evicted for those types of things? Yeah. Well, we don't really want to
1: rent to you. Like discrimination, that's racist, yeah. racist. No, I mean, just imagine this. You're a you're a landlord, and someone comes to the house, and they're like, oh, "I want to rent this house." Problem
0: is a lord, you know. I like, know.
1: That's the Lord part. That's theft. It's colonialism. It's a parasitic thing anyway. (laughs) Housing should be free in the first place. Um, But someone comes to you and they're like, hey, I want to rent your house. And you're like, okay, well, what did you do at the last, okay, the last place that you rented? Did you pay them? They're like, no, I didn't. Okay. Did you ever pay them? No, I didn't. Did you get kicked out? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, here's the paperwork. Sign here. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) Can't wait for you not to
0: pay me. I still have to pay for it. Yeah, it's a great idea. In a complaint filed with HUD, uh, housing, U.S. Department of Housing, the group Hope Fair Housing Center argues that such policies amount to illegal discrimination based on race and sex, given the higher likelihood that black people and particularly black women will have an eviction record. (laughs) So, just because a certain type of person tends to
1: have a higher... Thing. It's not even that that person Doesn't, tends to have... It. It's that people who have that thing tend more to be people who are African-American or, or, or whatever. Like uh, African-American... they say women? Women. Specifically?
0: Yeah. WOCs. Yeah. Women of color. <laughs> yeah. What's a woman? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. A housing... Quote, a housing provider that enforces a policy that denies the opportunity to rent to anyone who has an eviction filing or judgment is disproportionately denying housing to black households and black women in particular. That's from Hope Deputy Director Josefina, or Josefina Navar. Numerous studies, news reports, and, and advocate and tenant stories document just how typical a no evictions policy is within the rental property owner community nationally. It is typical, why would it for not,
1: every single landlord? why would it not be typical? <sighs> it's like
0: I can't even think of a really good analogy right now, but it's like you know, let's say you have a history of stealing things from Walmart,, mm-hmm. and Walmart's like, yeah, let's put a no trespassing on this you know on this person, police, please." And like that would be somehow discrimination because they have a history of stealing things and I don't want you coming in my store anymore.
1: it would even be like, what if you're gonna be an employee? You're know, like, um, I see you've been fired from five previous places of work. What was that for? It's like, well, I've stolen thousands of dollars from every place I've ever worked. And I, I mean, I did the work and stuff, but I was robbing them the entire time that I was there and I can start tomorrow. <laughs> you know? And you're like, uh, pass. And they're like, racist! (laughs) (laughs) Discrimination! Exactly. Churlish! (laughs) The
0: Federal Fair Housing Act bars housing providers from discriminating because of race and sex, along with other protected classifications like disability, national origin, and family status. They're not discriminating for those reasons! They're not. They're discriminating because you won't pay, or you destroy property, or whatever else the case is for having an eviction like, do you know how hard it is to evict a tenant? It's not an easy process. No. It's not. You have to give, like, 30 days notice. You have to go to court. You have to prove things. Like, it's not like you can just willy-nilly evict someone.
1: It's easier to just let them finish out the lease or or whatever the contract is.
0: Subsequent court decisions and federal regulations established the idea that prohibition can apply to policies that had a disparate impact or discriminatory effect on protected classes, even if there's no discriminatory intent
1: present <laughs> so if your non-discriminatory practice happens to have a disparate impact or discriminatory effect then it de facto becomes a discriminatory process that you're going through regardless of intention even this is the the bigger problem with this is that we're we never ask people to solve the underlying problem. What is the underlying problem here? It's not that landlords don't wanna to rent to people who have been evicted. It's not racism. It's not discrimination. It's that people go and rent somewhere and they don't pay for the, for the thing that they're getting. They decide that they're gonna steal from someone or that they're gonna destroy their property while they're there. And what would normally happen in society or what should happen in society is that people learn from that and they're like, okay, well, I see that I've had a hard time. Or you
0: have an incentive not to get evicted yeah. because you know that if you do have a judgment of eviction against you, mm-hmm. that it's going to be extremely, if not impossible to rent again.
1: Like, Imagine, imagine that if you knew like what you just said, that if you've had an eviction, you're not going to be able to go anywhere else. If you get evicted for not paying your rent, you're not going to be able to find another place. What are you going to do, Charlie? You're going to try to pay your rent or you're going to try to not destroy the house that you're renting or the apartment that you're renting at that moment. But we don't do that. Instead, we basically subsidize people's bad decisions. They never need to change. We blame the people who put rules in place to protect their own property or to actually make money from their own investments that, that they're paying for. I've thought about renting out the house the house next to mine. My, my neighbor's moving, and I've thought about buying it so I can rent it out. I'm like, okay, it'd be nice. It's right next to me. I want to pick and choose very, very carefully who's sure. going to live there. You would. You know, no kids. <laughs> I would like just one person to move into the house. Okay. And I'd like them to never be there. You know, <laughs> that'd be fine too. They travel for work. They're there like one day a month. Yep. So I kind of have my ideal tenant in place, but I'm not going to do that. There's too much, there's too much legal mess that goes along with, with tenants. You know, they destroy stuff. While
0: you're scared to make money.
1: But it's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy to me to think that I would buy that house and this house would cost $500,000 and I buy it and I pay a mortgage for it, whatever that's going to cost. And that someone else thinks that they can just move into it and then just have a free house to live in. And if they get evicted, that's my fault. And if that shows up on their record that... That, that's my, that I've done something wrong, or that if I want to make sure that the person moving in is going to pay me while I'm paying for the house, that that's discrimination?
0: See how it's all flipped up on its toes, man?
1: So what do we incentivize? We incentivize people to not buy the houses and rent them out, or we incentivize only really, really big companies that can take the losses to buy the houses and rent them out, because they can buy thousands and thousands of houses, and they can handle a small percentage of them getting evicted or, or not paying the rents. And so you get rid of like someone like me who wants to, you know, build some wealth and, and, uh, have another house or whatever. And so I'm not going to do it. You know, who's going to do it? Freaking American homes for rent. They're going to buy the house and rent it out. Garbage company, by the way. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible place. I rented
0: from them once (laughs) and, um, they sued me and then I, I won the lawsuit. Why'd they, did you not pay them? I did not pay them. But I had a reason to, and that's because my heat went out, mm. and they wouldn't fix it. No one answered the phone, and it was December, and I had a – at that point, yeah. Parker was a month old.
1: Oh, you had to go stay in a hotel. And so you? I went and
0: stayed in a hotel, and they weren't going to reimburse me for the hotel. They weren't going to reimburse me for somebody coming out to fix it because I didn't use one of their guys. And I'm like, well, I called your guys, and they never answered. And I sent an email, and no one ever answered. So I had, and it was the weekend. So I had somebody come out and fix it. I went and stayed at the hotel for two nights. Somebody came out and fixed it. And then I moved back in. And when they wouldn't reimburse me, all I did is I docked it off the rent for the next month. It was like, I don't know, 800 bucks or something like that. And I just took that amount off for the next month. And they sued me for that and tried to evict me. And what's hilarious about it is not only did we win the lawsuit, they also had to pay my lawyer's fees. Mm hmm. It
1: was beautiful. That's good. It was beautiful. You know, a lot of times b- the big companies will threaten lawsuits, but they rarely ever want to actually go through with it. Yeah. They don't want to do that. But most people will cave when that happens. And listen, if, you get scared. I get it. If you are in the right morally and even legally, probably in this matter, uh, I think that that is an okay libertarian thing to do. I did the same thing with Williamson County Medical Center or whatever, when, they, when I had the thing with the with the finger, mm. you know? And uh, they looked me right in the eye. Now, I'm not a medical professional. I know if you listen through COVID, you're like, I bet these guys are doctors. But um, I happen to not be a medical professional, okay? Yeah. Um, but uh, not I, a went, biologist. I went there and I had stuck a knife through my finger and they looked at it and they're like, well, you didn't hit the tendon or anything. Just put a splint on it. You know, in a few weeks, it'll be fine. And um, I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, what if that's wrong? And they're like, well, just let us know if it feels... If it doesn't feel right, I'm like, it doesn't feel I'm, right. I'm telling I, I you, this doesn't yeah. feel right right now. Move it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't hit the tendon or anything. So you're going to be fine. Well, long story short, I did sever the tendon in my finger. Putting it in a splint was the absolute worst case scenario for whenever you sever the tendon in your finger. And then they wanted me to pay them a thousand dollars for the visit. And I said, no, you I got it wrong. I, said, I actually want to sue you guys right now. Like, you, you told me this. I ended up having to have surgery on this thing. A couple months later, I got scar tissue. The thing doesn't work right. It looks all weird. Dogs are always bothering with it, mm, you know.
0: Smells kind of funny.
1: And so I sent them a letter after they threatened to sue or whatever, collections uh, that they were doing. Sent them a letter and said, this is what you guys did wrong. I'm not a medical professional. You told me, without any imaging or anything, you looked at me and said, I did not do this, and there was nothing to worry about. And so I went forward on your medical advice and you guys actually caused me a lot of problems. I'm not paying you the money. Never heard from them again. Didn't get anything else in the mail. Not a single thing. Amen. You can fight these big companies. They like to use those legal terms to try and scare you.
0: You just got to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do.
1: They know it. Okay. Corey Bush. Oh God. Annoying as they come. Let me tell you what. Mm. She says, I know what it's like to be unhoused. So continuing on the housing thing. I know what it's like to be unhoused. I once lived in my car with my two children. No one should have to experience that. That's why I've reintroduced the unhoused bill of rights. So you have...
0: Look, I can say, I I hope, like, no one should have to experience that. I hate that. I think it's terrible for people to have to live in their cars. I hope everyone can get housing.
1: Well, her kids should not have to experience that. If she made decisions that led to her living in her car, then she should have to experience it. You should have to experience I'm saying I don't want people. I want
0: them to make the... I want them to make decisions that won't lead to that type of thing.
1: Like, I don't want her to, but you should have to experience the consequences of your actions. I I don't know exactly what those were. Uh, Not good for her kids. Uh, But from Common Dreams, uh, they say, Housing justice advocates on Monday praised U.S. Representative Cori Bush for reintroducing the unhoused Bill of Rights, a resolution that outlines how the federal government can permanently end the nation's homelessness crisis by 2027. Now, in her text, she actually says that they can do it by 2025. Not her text, her, her exes. Sorry. Uh, but now she's saying 2027. I guess they got the numbers back. They can't do it um, by that, that fast. She says, the housing crisis is personal to me. I was unhoused and forced to live in my car with my babies. I'm proud to reintroduce the Unhoused Bill of Rights. This bill provides a plan to end the unhoused crisis by 2027 and achieve housing justice for all. Housing justice. Mm-hmm. And so this is also a a justice issue. Uh, She also says in another tweet that I pulled up here, the unhoused bill of rights calls for drastic increases in affordable housing, naming the unhoused crisis as a public health emergency, protecting the civil and human rights of the unhoused, and historic funding for supportive services for the unhoused. Now, how, Charlie, would you have a bill of rights that guarantees that you're going to have a house. How can you have a right to that?
0: No evictions?
1: I guess no evictions. You're also going to have to guarantee that you will take things from other people and give people houses. You will have to take income from other people who are working and making income, enough to pay for their house and still pay taxes afterwards to make sure that you have a house afterwards. So you can't have a right to something that must be provided by another person that's called a positive right. That's when the, someone bestows upon you things uh, that are taken from other people. We like neg- we like the ones where no one has to do anything, you know. Like you got a you got a right to to work and earn an income and use that income to pay someone to build you a house or you can uh, learn you can how to land. build a house yeah. if you want to. That's fine. All right, but you don't have the right you don't have the right to force other people to do that for you. Don't you think? Also,
0: how could human beings have gotten this wrong for hundreds of thousands of years? For as long as human beings have been around, why didn't they figure out at the beginning that everyone deserves a house?
1: They should have started with that.
0: Yeah. In fact, I I can't believe it's the year of our Lord 2023.
1: And the biggest problem was the tyrannical cavemen. Oh, back then everyone deserves a cave. That's that's what it was. They went around looking for caves for all. Yeah, Mm -hmm. caves for all. But then we, you know population bomb exploded and, and too many people. deserve a to log cave, cabin people to cave ratio mm. and then and you see what actually caused the climate crisis was that everyone that deserved a log cabin so they had to start cutting down all the trees or before that it's
0: tents i think everyone deserves a tent
1: <laughs> yeah you can't have a human right to this all right god it's not a thing and how do you don't you think they've already spent a lot of money on this yeah. You think they spent any money? And I want to
0: reiterate, I like I have a kid and I would hate for my child to be homeless and living in a car, especially if I made stupid decisions to get there. Yeah. Like innocent kids, of course. Like I want them to be housed. Everybody wants them to be
1: housed. Nope, not if you're not pushing for this policy, you but, know.
0: <laughs> but to say that you have an unhoused bill of rights, like somehow you have a it's just insanity. Let's see. Because per- what do we have to do to get there? You have to steal everyone else's money
1: to do it. It's a, let's see, call on the Department of Health and Human Services to declare the unhoused crisis a public health emergency, Uh, protect unhoused individuals from the violation of their fundamental and civil, fundamental civil and human rights to housing, health care, livable wages, education, employment opportunities, access to public facilities and freedom from harassment by law enforcement, private businesses, property owners, and housed residents. This is all about housing. <laughs> no, this is in Hold on. I hadn't actually read that yet. <laughs> the unhoused Bill of Rights protects unhoused individuals From all from all the housed individuals. (laughs) That's what it does. You know what the problem is, is once you once they protect you so hard that you move from becoming an unhoused individual to a housed individual, you lose all your rights. And you're forced to help all the other unhoused people. Now you're housed. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. You become part of the ruling class Mm. immediately at that time. The violation of their civil and human rights, the housing, health care, liv- and the housing bill of rights, livable wages, education, employment opportunities, access to public facilities, which means you got to take money from people to build public facilities, <laughs> freedom from harassment by law enforcement. I'm so sick of seeing cops get mad at people when they poop on the sidewalk. And I know? love
0: what Bailey says here from the live group. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> <at the end>. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in five golden rings, you know. Here's the, here's the thing they're just transferring the responsibility onto everyone else because this is just a victimhood bill. Mm-hmm. They act like these things don't already exist. Livable wages. Those exist. You can go get them. Okay. Education. It exists. You can go get it. Employment opportunities. There's like 8 million open jobs right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. They're in the sewer. Or they're they're building houses yeah. or they're laying brick or they're laying asphalt or whatever. There's like micro talks about this all the time. There's like 8 million open jobs. There's so many employment opportunities out there right now. It's insane. Access to public facilities. Who can't go into a public facility?
1: Yeah. Uh, Do they not allow Besides (laughs) the ones they closed
0: down in DC and stuff? You know, they have the guards out there and whatever.
1: What's so crazy is this is such a, It's a big, there's, you know, the number is 500,000 homeless people. Of course, those are different people every night. They're, they're different, but um, still same, but different uh, every night. They're concentrated in like five cities, by the way, like almost all of the homeless people in the United States are in just a few cities. Five is probably low, but let's just say 10. And then it's like almost none everywhere else. I mean, a very, very small amount that you could deal with, with a lot lower amount of money. Okay, they want to support historic federal funding levels for state and local governments to provide 24-hour support for unhoused people, including shelters, transitional housing programs. And you know what they're going to do? You know how with poverty, we have, okay, this is, what the, this is how many people are in poverty. And so we take this welfare money and we give it to people that are in poverty. And you know what we don't, <coughs> what we don't do? is after we give those people money to supplement their income, we don't count that as their income. They still stay in like, they're in poverty. <laughs> like we don't count the money after we dole it out to them. And so we never see the actual benefits of the actions that we take. And I'm betting you, if we were to take all this money and we were to make affordable housing or shelters everywhere that would shelter everyone and we did all of this, the number would actually change. Like, let's say we took a shelter in every city and it housed, put a roof over the head of every single one of these people. They would still come to you and say that we still have all these homeless people. We got to do something about this problem because they're, you know, government homeless people at that time. They'll never actually solve the problem because they don't know what the problem is. The problem is that these people don't know how to provide value to society. They want to get value from people but they don't know how to provide value or they refuse to provide value in exchange for that. And that is the problem. It's not, it's, it's not that they can't afford a house. It's that they don't want to afford a house or they don't know how to, or Or they don't, they don't have to, or
0: they're making decisions where they, the shelters won't even allow them in going back to our eviction conversation, by the way, like if you have an assault conviction or something like that, like you're not allowed a rape conviction, you're not allowed into shelters for the most part. Well, if a lot you're, of these if you're
1: doing drugs, if
0: you're still on drugs, mm-hmm. or if you're actively high, you're, act, you're an active addiction. They won't let you into the shelters. So you're making decisions where even if you do have housing available to not, to not be unhoused, you personally are making those decisions to not be housed yeah. because you won't you can't do the things that will allow you to be housed. Now the reason they have those things is not because of discrimination. It's not because they're racist. It's because they're trying to protect the other people in there mm-hmm. that need the shelter, who don't need the threat of being raped or violated or stolen from. Or when you're drunk or high, you get you get a little crazy, man. Uh-huh. They don't want that in there. Yep. So it's wild.
1: It's right. absolutely wild. We need to wrap it up, Charlie. Tell everyone where they can go to listen to uh, the show and all that. Yeah. Let's, let's close out.
0: Well, you need to join the Fed Haters Club, and you can do that by going to joingml.com or pick up some merchandise at godhatesfeds.com. Mm. I talked to him about it this morning. He did. Yeah, and he's like, I hate the feds.
1: Yeah. You got a Bible verse actually sent yeah. to your phone, and it's it specifically about hating feds.
0: Feds are sinners.
1: hmm <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> They're worse. God com. Centers. There's
0: a link yeah. there to join the Fed Haters Club as well. Uh, please share the show around with your friends and family and um, leave us a rating and review. And if you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good late night liberty. <laughs>
1: You're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find Oh, there it is. Drawing board or Miro. All our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one.
2: Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro brainstorms. Get your first 3 boards for free at miro.com. That's m i r o.com.